Welcome to International Family Church. My name is Pastor Tom. I'm one of the staff pastors. I'm standing in for Pastor Josh today and Stephanie. They greet you with their love, and we welcome all of our church home family with us today. We're glad that you're with us. Are you ready to receive the word today? Yes. Praise God. Last week I was with you, talked about the prosperous soul. Uh, so there's more I want to share with you in regards to you and I having a prosperous soul. So uh, uh, get ready to put your listening ears on, get your heart ready to receive. Amen. Heavenly Father, we do thank you today for the privilege we have to come before you. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who lives and abides within us, the great teacher, our own personal spiritual dietitian who will lead us and guide us into all truth. And so, Father, we're, we're, our, our hearts are wide open to receive, our ears are open to hear, our eyes are open to see that which you want to get across to us today. So we bless you and we praise you for it in Jesus' name, amen, amen. and amen. John the Apostle, closest to Jesus, in fact, he wrote in his, uh, in his writings, the beloved uh, Apostle, uh, said in 3 John 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that your soul, that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. We found that God wants us to have a healthy, prosperous soul. God wants you to do well in life. He wants you to have health and wholeness in your life. But it's all according to what happens on the inside of your heart, your soul. We found that uh, God created us in His own image. We are a spirit. We possess a soul. And our soul is comprised of that which thinks, feels, and chooses in life. And we have a body. And that soulish part of us, God wants to prosper that part of you. You know, when you were born again, your spirit was raised from the dead, uh, but your soul required healing. If you're like me, you've been around the block a few times. How many have been around the block a few times? You've got experiences, you've had interactions, perhaps disappointments, heartaches, hurts, so on and so forth. And so having been around the block a few times, uh, we got things in our soul. Say, I got baggage, or I had baggage. Or we carry baggage, whatever the case might be. There's things in our soul that God wants to heal. There are things in our soul that God wants to repair. You know, perhaps he needs to do a rewiring job on the inside of you. Perhaps he needs to take down a few walls, put up a few new walls. Whatever the case might be, we're under construction. And God is perfecting that which concerns us. Amen. So that soulish part of you. Your emotions, your will, your, 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 your ability to think according to God. That needs to prosper. We want things around us to change, but before things around us can change, there's got to be a change on the inside of our hearts. There's got to be a change in the way we perceive things, our emotions, our, the way we think, the way we make decisions. And, and we found that in order for a soul to prosper, our soul has to be anchored in the truth of God's word. That's how God deals with us. Amen. I, I recall, you know, when I got born again in April of 1980, I was once under the thumb and the, the, the control of Satan. I was a, a, a child of the world. So were you. We were under the control of Satan. He's the God of this world. But thank God someone came into my life and shared Jesus with me. And I made a confession. I, I made an allegiance to Jesus. And the Bible says that he translated me from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. I'm no longer under the thumb of an oppressor. I am now under the caretaker of a good shepherd. 
Peter said, we have been returned to the bishop and the guardian of our souls. We have a caretaker in our life. He's the good shepherd. He cares affectionately for what goes on in my life and in your life. Hallelujah. In fact, we can say, like the psalmist said in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want or lack for any good or beneficial thing in my life. He makes me to lie down in green, lush pastures where I can feed on the word of God. He leads me beside still waters where there's peace for my soul. There he restores and he refreshes my soul, my thinker, my feeler, my chooser. He restores that part of me. Hallelujah. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even if I go through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because God, Jesus, my good shepherd, he's walking hand in hand with me. I will fear no evil because your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Just like a shepherd watching over his sheep, he carries a bully club and he pulls that bully club out to ward off predators. Anything that would attack the sheep. Thank God for the word of God. The word of God protects our souls. The word of God protects our life. It establishes boundaries in our life so that we can be safe, so that we can grow, so that we can feed and be all that God's called us to be. And then there's that staff with the little crooked top. You've probably seen a picture of it. The the good shepherd, you know, he'll just lightly tap the side of the sheep to keep him uh, going in the right direction. And that's just how God, the good shepherd, deals with us. He gently, like a gentleman, guides us, comforts us, taps us on the shoulder, gives us a witness in our heart. This is the way. Walk in it. Thank God for the staff of God's word. God's word is a light and a lamp to our feet. It will lead us and guide us into prosperity, into good success for our lives. Aren't you glad you have a good shepherd? Hallelujah. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. And even he prepares for us a table in the presence of our enemies. Praise God. He anoints my head with oil. How many know that you're anointed of God? He smeared, a, uh, uh, he smeared a bit of himself upon you. You're anointed. Say, I'm anointed. In fact, my cup runs over with what? With a peace that's undescribable, with a joy that cannot be explained. Hallelujah. Amen. He's my good shepherd. Say, Jesus. He's my good shepherd. Amen. And he went on to say, he, he will never disappoint me. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Last day I checked, looking over my shoulder, I saw the goodness and mercy of God. The previous season over my shoulder, I looked and I saw the goodness and the mercy of God. I can look back in my own life as I walked with Jesus, holding the hand of my shepherd, him leading me and guiding me with his word. I've discovered time and time again that his goodness and mercy are dogging my trail. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that God's not mad at you? He's not up in heaven with a bat waiting to hit you off the head the minute you make a mistake. No, he's dogging you with his goodness, his love, and his mercy. He can only do you good for all the days that you live. Amen. That's good preaching, Pastor Tom. And in fact, when you get into your older years and you look as you know, we're all getting older. 
I'm getting older. As you get older, you think more about eternity. It's just the way it happens. You think about your own mortality. You know, you got more aches. Your joints are talking to you. Your wrinkles are talking to you. Your baldness is talking to you. Your sag is talking to you. Come on, I'm just being real here. But when you look into eternity, you can say like the psalmist said, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He has prepared for you and I a new resurrection body. Oh, my goodness. What a wonderful God we serve. We follow the good shepherd, the voice of a stranger we're not going to follow. Listen, there's many voices in the world around us today through social media, through, you know, the, the, the place where you live. You're hearing all kinds of clamor, all kinds of voices. But there's only one voice that makes a difference in your life. There's only one voice that will mark you for good success and prosperity for your future. And that is the voice of the good shepherd. Listening for his voice. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful for the good shepherd. Jesus is our good shepherd. Now, Pastor Josh, a couple of weeks ago, talked about the rod and the staff. How does a shepherd deal with his sheep? How does God deal with us? How does he correct us? How does he lead us? How does he guide us? How does he comfort us in difficult situations and seasons? He does it with his word. He does it with his word. We saw that to be prosperous in our soul, that our soul has to be anchored in the truth of God's word. And we looked at two, two aspects of the truth of God's word. One is the milk of God's word. Looking at the four gospels, we see how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good. He forgave sin. He healed sickness. He cast out devils. He raised the dead. He even uh, had provisional miracles for people. He, again, demonstrated the goodness of God the Father for those three and a half years. When you read the four Gospels, you're drinking milk. You're feeding on the goodness, the love, the mercy, the kindness of God. In fact, when you get saved, you really don't know Jesus yet. You've been touched by his love. Your heart was pricked with the message of the gospel. And now it's time for you as a newborn babe, as the scripture says, to desire the pure milk of God's word. What is the pure milk of God's word? Feeding on the four gospels. And there you discover God's heart for people. We serve a God, a father who is a good, good father. Disposed to showing favor, benevolent, kind, gracious, and that's the, that's the conclusion that you need to come away with when you read the four Gospels. And you need to read it from now till Jesus comes. It needs to be a regular occurrence. You need to revisit the Gospels. Reimmerse yourself in the love of God for you. If you're dealing with future problems, if you're dealing with care and anxiety about the future, man, you need to get out of the fear, the worry, the care, immerse yourself in the gospels and see that your heavenly father cares about you, that Jesus cares about you, that if he can heal the woman with the issue of blood, he can do something about your situation. That if he can put uh, quarters or, 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 or coins in a fish's mouth for Peter's financial dilemma, he can jump into your financial dilemma and do something for you. Whatever you see God doing through Jesus in the Gospels, it's a declaration of what he wants to do in your life. He wants to do you good. 
fact, he has your best intentions in mind. Can you say amen? amen? You know, we can go all the way back to the time of Moses. And Moses prophesied about a day that would come when teaching would fall like rain. And he says this here in Deuteronomy chapter 32, verses 1 to 4. He says, listen, O heavens, I will speak. Hear, O earth, the words that I say. Now listen to verse 2. Let my teaching fall on you like rain. Let my speech settle like dew. When I woke up this morning, walked out the house, got in my car, my car was covered with dew. The grass was covered with dew. You know, every day you can wake up if you're an early riser. How many early risers here? Some of us are early risers. When I say early riser, I'm talking before sun rises, right? Five o'clock in the morning, you walk outside your door, you will find dew resting. And that's what Moses was prophesying about God letting his word fall on you like rain. Speech settle like dew. Let my words fall like, t- uh, like rain on tender grass. How many know that your life can be like tender grass? Life is very fragile. Like gentle, sh- gentle showers on young plants. There I will proclaim the name of the Lord. How glorious is our God. He is the rock. His deeds are perfect. Everything he does is just and fair. He is a faithful God who does no wrong, how just and upright he is. Praise God. When you let every day the word of God fall on you like rain, when you allow the word of God to be like dew upon your life, and you're wet with understanding of his word in your life, you will proclaim the name of the Lord. You will proclaim how glorious he is. You will proclaim that he is your rock. Come on, somebody. Everything that he does in my life is just and fair. He is faithful to me. He can do no wrong with my life. How just and upright he is. That's the conclusion we come away with when we're constantly feeding on the word of God every day. Proverbs admonishes us to listen to good, wholesome doctrine. He said in Proverbs 4 verse 1, My children, listen when your father corrects you. Pay attention and learn good judgment, for I am giving you good guidance. Don't turn away from my instructions, for I too was once my father's son, tenderly loved as my mother's only child, and my father taught me, listen, take my words to heart. That's what the father is saying to us today. Take my words to to heart. Give attention to it. Allow my word to permeate your soul. Follow my commands and you will what? Live. Hallelujah. Jesus promised the abundant life. He wants us to live with an abundant peace and abundant joy with wisdom beyond our years. That doesn't come. That just doesn't happen. It comes when we immerse ourselves in the word of God. Paul was instructing Timothy how important it is for us to have wholesome teaching because it promotes godliness. He told Timothy in 1 Timothy 6, 3, he said, some people may contradict our teaching, but these are the wholesome teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's making reference to his teaching ministry. He said, these are the wholesome teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. These teachings promote a godly life. A godly life is a life of passion, passion for God, passion for the word. If you're lacking zeal and passion in your spiritual life, it's a sign that you haven't been sitting under the ministry of the good shepherd. You haven't been allowing his word to permeate your heart. 
But when you sit under the ministry of his word each and every day, let his teaching fall on you like rain. Let the dew of God's word come upon your life. Come on, somebody. You will have a spiritual passion and a fire for God. Amen. There's two, there, there's two options for the child of God. You can go down the path of worldliness and car, compromise and carnality, or you can go down the path of fire and passion for God, for Jesus. Now, I'm preaching better than your amen right there. Amen. So good teaching, good wholesome doctrine is vitally important for our life. So I talked about the milk of God's word, and then there's the meat of God's word. How many like steak? I shared about, you know, those ribeye steaks with, you know, all that Himalayan salt on it and that grass-fed butter, and that just, just cooked perfectly on the grill. And, man, you put that on the plate, let it sit for about two minutes, and then you pull out your knife and fork, and, man, you go at it. Meat and fat, just go at it. Man, devour the whole thing. That meat is protein for you. That meat is muscle-building material. And God has meat for you and I to build faith muscles so that we can live victoriously over our adversary, the devil, so that we can live above the things that are going on around us in the world. Hallelujah. We need the meat of God's word. Where do we find the meat of God's word? In the New Testament letters. The New Testament lesson, especially the letters of Paul, that is the meat of God's word. It's not a myth. It's not, you know, it's, it's not a novel. It's, it's not a science book. It's a spiritual book that needs to be spiritually discerned. So when you're eating steak, you know, when you're eating steak, you got to chew it so you don't choke on it, Right? <laughs> You chew on it, you savor the flavor, right? And, and you extract everything you can out of that meat. The same thing is true with the New Testament letters. You need to approach it like steak. You need to chew on it. You need to savor the flavor of what you're, you're getting from the teaching. You need to let it become a part of you. Amen. And so in the New Testament, I'm going to give you a sampling of meat today. Amen. How many want a little steak this morning? A little steak this morning? I see about 30%. How many of the rest? I see a young man right back there. Yeah, he's going for the steak. Amen. <laughs> Today, I'm going to give you a sample. I remember when Cheryl and I, out in Michigan, we uh, treated ourselves. We were out there for, uh, to see my brother, and we treated ourselves to a real nice steak dinner. And we went to this restaurant where they have, you know, the, the waiters are dressed up, and they have a nice... They, they approach you with a, a white towel on their arm and, 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 you know, the table is set with fine linen and, and beautiful uh, silverware, right? It's not like those restaurants you, you sit down and you put your elbow on the table and it feels grimy and slimy. It's, it's not one of those. It's not one of those. This is a nice experience. And then, then they bring out a cart and they show you samplings of the meal, and it's like, whoa, they get those juices running. Hello. Yeah, I know. It's right about lunchtime, too. They get those juices running. Amen. It's not a picture. It's not a line item, but it's in living color. I want to give you a sampling of some meat. I was thinking about if I was put in a place like in a nation where the Bible was illegal, 
What portion of scripture would I rip out and stick in my pocket and sneak into that nation? What portion of scripture could I take and feed on and experience God's blessing in my life? It's Ephesians chapter 1. It's probably the most richest portions of scripture in all of the New Testament. We're going to take a look at Ephesians chapter 1 this morning, and we're going to explore eight powerful truths that will change your life. Hallelujah. Eight powerful truths. Are you ready? We're going to have them on the screen. I want to encourage you to write them down because this is going to be a, I'm going to put you on the diving board to jump off that diving board and jump in and feed on these truths because they will transform your life from the inside out. The number one truth, the first one, we are blessed with promises. We are blessed with promises. Ephesians chapter one, verse three says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, past tense, who has blessed us with what? Every spiritual blessing. Where do those spiritual blessings come from? From the heavenly places in Christ. What is this scripture telling us? When you accepted Christ in your life, God's blessing came upon your life in the form of spiritual blessings. Those spiritual blessings are the promises that God spoke over your life. They've been recorded in the New Testament. Amen. That blessing is the promise of God. And notice it's coming from where? In heavenly places in Christ. That's talking about the authority of these promises. That means that God's promise to you has more clout, more power, more authority than what the doctors have declared over your life or what the, what the past has declared over your life or what someone else has declared over your life. God's promises carry clout, power, and authority. And God has made those pow powerful promises available to us. Listen, you're not going to be blessed because you are already blessed. Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. The thing is, we have to find out and investigate what those promises are. They've got to take root and become engrafted in the soul, the soil of our heart. And when it does, that's when change begins. That's when the blessing begins to work its way out in our relationships and in our circumstances. Amen. We're blessed with promises. Amen. Number two, we are chosen and made holy. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4 says, Just as God chose us in Him, speaking of Jesus, before the foundation of the world, to be what? Holy and blameless before Him in love. What is that scripture telling us? When you got born again, God chose you. He cleans you up. He made you like himself. Your spirit man is perfect. Your spirit man is perfect. The real you, your spiritual man. Satan can't touch that part of your life. That part was been, has been recreated. Hallelujah. And you have the ability to stand before God with boldness and confidence because he has made you holy. He has made you clean. He has brought you into a place, a standing with him where you are blameless. Hello. We are chosen and made holy. Number three, I hope you're writing these down. We have been given a destiny 
as sons and daughters. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5 says, He, God, predestined us. Now listen to that word, predestined, right? Predestined. He predestined us to adoption as sons to himself through Jesus Christ according to the good pleasure of his will. What is that scripture saying? That scripture says that first he adopted us as his own. We were without God in the world, without hope, but God reached out and touched us through the gospel and made us his own. We are sons of the most high God. Ladies, that includes you. We are sons of the most high God and he has given us a pre-destiny. Amen. We are God and sons. And just like a father who owns a company, prepares a future for his sons, God owns a kingdom that he's prepared for his sons, you and I, to walk in. He has given us a predetermined path to walk on. Listen, you don't have to figure out your life. What you need to do is set yourself under the good shepherd and let the ministry of his word reveal to you the plan that he has for your life. Amen. Every one of us has a destination. Every one of us has a destiny. It can't be figured out in the natural. It has to be discerned by your heart. It has to be discovered in your heart. And the only place where you're going to discover the plans and purpose that he has for you is by sitting under the good shepherd, sitting under the ministry of his word. Aren't you glad you have a destiny? Aren't you glad you have a future? The future's not bleak. The future's bright. Why? Because God, your father, has rolled out a red carpet into the future. All you have to do is listen for his voice and follow the path that he's laid out for you. He's given us a destiny as sons and daughters. Amen. Number four, we are accepted in the beloved. You'll notice in your Bible, the word beloved is capitalized. The beloved is Jesus. Jesus is God the Father's beloved. Anything that Jesus did, he did as a result of being with his father. And when he prayed, the father listened. Anytime Jesus prayed, the father would begin to move into work. Listen, we are accepted in the beloved. The word accepted in the King James Version, if you look, at, look it up in the concordance, uh, Strong's Concordance, it reads highly favored. Wow. That means you are highly favored by God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. It's like you've been brought up. You know, if you ever wait in line for a flight at the airport or going through check, you know, security and checkpoints and you're, you're, you're running late for your flight. You ever been there? And you know, your heart's racing. Am I going to make it? Am I going to make it? Wouldn't it be awesome to have someone in authority to say, take you by the hand, say, oh, let me bring you right up to the front of the line. That's exactly what Jesus did for us. He took our hand and he brought us right up to the front of the line. You are highly favored. Wow. Man, this stuff sounds like it's too good to be true, doesn't it? It is true. We are accepted in the beloved. The scripture says here in verse 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he graciously bestowed on us in the beloved. He poured out his grace upon us. Amen. 
I like what the, the, the Passion Translation says that that grace has been lavished upon us. Meaning that it's not something, you know, just a little bit. It's over the top. Amen. Lavishly bestowed upon us. Hallelujah. Say, I'm highly favored. I'm highly Number five, we have redemption and forgiveness. Now, redemption is a big word. What is redemption? Redemption carries the thought, listen, that we were all born into slavery. We were all slaves to sin. Because of Adam's transgression back in the Garden of Eden, when Adam turned his back on God and disobeyed him, the Bible says that sin came on the entire human race. You want to know why the world has gone crazy? It's because of sin. It's because of sin. Amen. Sin came on the whole human race. That's why, that's why there's death. Amen. But after the first Adam failed, the Bible says a second Adam came. His name is Jesus. He took upon himself. He went to the cross to make a payment for those under the slavery of sin. That's you and I. So that all we have to do is call upon the name of the Lord and we shall be saved. When we look to the cross, we accept his blood. His blood represents his life. Guess what? He redeems us. He buys us back. We're no longer under the control of the devil. We are under the control of the good shepherd. We have been redeemed. The Bible says Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the broken law that we might be blessed, that we might have the promise of the Spirit. Hallelujah. See, I've been redeemed. That's what this verse is talking about. It's talking about redemption and forgiveness. Your past has been completely wiped clean. God is not holding anything against you. Aren't you glad for that? The scripture reads here in verse 7 and 8. It says, in him, Jesus, we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Which, notice that word again, he lavished, poured it on us in all wisdom and insight. Redemption and forgiveness. Hallelujah. We got three more. You want three more? Number six, God has revealed to us a mystery. Everybody say mystery. The mystery that God revealed to us is his plan, his plan for our lives, both for you individually, but for the world as a whole. It says here in verse nine to 10, God making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Christ. Now, who are the all things in Christ? It's those who have accepted Christ. As a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in Christ, which are in heaven and in earth. How many of you may have some loved ones in heaven today? There's the body of Christ in heaven from previous generations. There's the body of Christ alive. God at some point in the near future, is going to have a one big family gathering. It's called the rapture of the church. Paul explains the mystery of the rapture in 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, and you'll find in there that Paul received a direct revelation from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. And Paul said, the Lord shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice, with a command, with the trump, 
The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Oh, I thank God at the end of my life, it's, it's not a grave. I, I, the end of my life is being caught up into the presence of Jesus, having a new glorified body. Hallelujah. Gone are the wrinkles. Gone is the bald hair. I'm going to have a new club. New clump of hair up here. All the old joints are going to be repaired. Tiredness is a thing of the past. Think about that. How many enjoy jumping into a brand new car? You know, and you get into that brand new car and you just, you smell the leather. You just, you have this, that smell of newness. Well, when Jesus returns for his church, we're going to be receiving a glorified body. We're going to smell the glory of God. We're going to emit the glory of God. We're going to be clothed with the glory of God. Oh, wonderful. Isn't it wonderful? That's the end of our life. Hallelujah. That's God's master plan. Harvest. That's the master plan. Look around next to you. You are witnessing people next to you as part of God's plan. God brought us together. This is not a work of man. It's a work of God. This is not a program. It's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in our time and in our generation. Hallelujah. We are the harvest. And how many know that God has more that he's bringing into the harvest? He has more to bring into the harvest. Amen. And God has chosen to reveal his mystery to us. Number seven, we have obtained an inheritance. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11 to 12 tells us, in him, speaking of Jesus again, we have received an inheritance. Everybody say inheritance. Being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his own will, that we who first trusted or first put our hope in Christ should live for the praise of his glory. The Passion Translation puts it this way, through our union with Christ, we too have been claimed by God as his own inheritance. If you examine this scripture from the Greek, it's actually saying two things. We have an inheritance. God has an inheritance. We inherit everything that God has and God is. And God inherits everything that we are and we have. It's covenant talk. It's covenant talk. I don't know about you, but when I first got saved, I didn't have any assets. I had nothing but liabilities. God had all the assets. Amen. But listen, God has claimed, just like we have claim on what God's promised us, God has claim on what he expects of you. We have all the promises of God. What does God have? God has your feet. God has your hands. God has your eyes. God has your ears. God has your thoughts. God has your heart. He wants every bit a part of you. That's what it's talking about. We are God's heritage, but he is our inheritance. Wow. You need to study that out and feed on that and understand how that, how that relates to your life. And then finally, number eight. We have been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Everybody say sealed. 
we have been sealed by the Holy Spirit. We have been given a personal guarantee on the inside called the witness of the Holy Spirit. That we are the children of God and we have promises. And just as we read those promises, the Holy Spirit will testify to you. He'll put peace in your heart. He'll put a knowing in your life that what God said, he will perform it in my life. Wow. Listen to what the scripture says in Ephesians 1.13. In him, speaking of Jesus again, you also, after hearing the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation... And after believing in him, notice, we're sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Verse 14 says, who is the Holy Spirit? He is the guarantee of what? Our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession. Now, what's that phrase mean? The redemption of the purchased possession. It's talking about your personal physical resurrection, meaning you have a journey in life. The moment you accept Jesus to the time you go to be with the Lord, to the time of your physical resurrection, the Holy Spirit is there. He will never, ever leave you. He's a personal guarantee. He permanently resides on the inside. He's always there to bear witness to you, his peace. He'll always give you a knowing so that you can fulfill your journey with God. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what, people, we are rich. We are rich. We are fully supplied. We have everything that we need. Jesus is our alpha and omega and everything in in between. We are complete. We've We've got what we need to make it in life, to prosper in life, to have a prosperous soul, to have an expeditious journey, to make it all the way and fulfill the plan of God for our lives. Now, you know, I've read those scriptures from a modern English translation. You need to get other translations, as Pastor Josh mentioned the other week. You need to get other translations that will help you chew on this, feed on this. Get a New Living translation or a a NIV translation or an Amplified translation. Or if if you're like me, I picked up a 26 translation Bible, if you're real serious. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I know, right, Tunde? That's like over the top. But do whatever you got to do. Get your study resources so you can feed on the meat of God's word. As I mentioned, these truths have to be spiritually discerned. So after Paul shares these truths, he concludes with a very powerful prayer. And we're going to pray a very powerful prayer over over our own lives. You can pray this over yourself. You can pray it for your spouse, your marriage. You can pray it for your children, your family, your future. It's a Holy Spirit-inspired prayer that Paul prayed for the churches. And it's found here in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 to 19. Would you stand to your feet with me? Listen to what this scripture says. So that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, Paul is praying here, the Father of glory may give to you what? The Spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of who? Jesus. What will happen when wisdom and revelation comes into your life? Your eyes will be opened and you will know the hope to which he's called you. You'll know what you're called to do. Second, 
You'll know what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance among the saints. What God purchased for his body, the church. You'll know that for yourself. In verse 19, the prayer goes on to say, And what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? That prayer to pray that you would experience personally the power of God in your life. Power over temptation. Power to say no when the tempter comes knocking at your door. You've got authority. You've got dominion. You've got power because of what Jesus did. Wow, that's powerful. But you need to pray out what Paul prayed by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Take those words and pray it out over your life. Make a moment every day at the start of your day to open up that book and pray this prayer over yourself before you read scripture and let the good shepherd feed you, comfort you, guide you, correct you, whatever you need in your life so that your whole, your, your whole soul can be healthy and prosperous. When that happens, your situations and circumstance begin to change. You begin to see God working in areas where you have no control over. You begin to see the favor of God work on your behalf where you could not do anything, pull strings here, pull strings there, call this person, call that person, but God steps in on your behalf because you've been sitting at the feet of the good shepherd, allowing him to nurture you and counsel you and instruct you with his word. That's how it works. Hallelujah. And God wants to perform his good word in our lives. We're going to pray a very powerful prayer. And it's based on this prayer. So I want you to just lift one hand, close your eyes, because God is present here. He's present with you. Think about your own situation. Think about the, all, the, the situations you're dealing with in your life. Is it physical healing that you need? Is it financial intervention that you need? Is it a, is it a repair in relationships? Is it someone close to you that's lost and you're, you're endeavoring to reach them for the gospel? Whatever the case might be. If it's turmoil in your own soil, in your own soul, confusion, challenge, whatever's going on internally, God wants to move in that life. You have authority to pray. When you open up your mouth and you speak, you release God-given authority into your situations and circumstances. Oh, Father, thank you. Take a moment. Start thanking the Lord right now. Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for these rich promises. Thank you for the good shepherd. Thank you that we're not alone. Thank you for your word. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to pray this prayer. I want you to repeat after me. God, Father, I thank you. Father, fill me with the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of your Son. Father, open my eyes that I might see that which you are calling me to do. Father, open my eyes that I might experience all that Jesus died and paid for me. Father, may I experience in my own life your power that enables me to walk in victory.
Thank you, Father, for your word. I choose to yield myself to the good shepherd and his word. Hallelujah. When you sit there, pray that prayer in your morning time alone with the Lord. You declare that over yourself. You declare that over your spouse. You declare that over your family. Then you take another step. If you want to go deeper, you take another step. Go ahead. Take that next step. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Something supernatural happens when you open up the book and you pray in the Holy Spirit. Your spirit man becomes energized. Your eyes become open. Hallelujah. And God begins to move and to speak into your life. And things begin to happen when you pray in the Holy Spirit with that Bible opened up in your lap. Oh, yes, Lord. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans of good. To give you a future and a hope. Yes, I've already gone into your future. I have already determined the path for you. So come away. Come away from the voices. Come away from the turmoil. Come to the place I've reserved for you, that private place, our place of meeting. I will converse with you. I will reveal myself to you. I will touch your heart. I will relieve you of the pains, the hurts, and the brokenness. Oh, yes, I will apply the balm of Gilead to your soul. And I will give you new hope, new desire, new passions. Yes, because I've already gone into your future. Your future is bright. Don't second guess it. Don't doubt it. Doesn't matter what's being said. Doesn't matter the voices that you hear. My voice has declared over you, your future is bright. Lift your chin, lift your head with expectation. Know that I've already gone before you and made a way clean and play, made a way clean for you to walk in. Hallelujah. And as you pray, all will be well with you. All will be well with you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Lift your hands one more time. Thank him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We bless you today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. If you're here today or you're watching online, I want to extend an invitation to you to know Jesus as your own good shepherd. 2,000 years ago, he died on the cross for you so that you could have healing for your body, healing for your soul, so that your relationships in life could be restored, so that you could have a, a divine purpose in your life, so that you could have fulfillment in your life, and so that you could have eternal life. If you were to die today, do you know where you would end up? Jesus has a place for, for you reserved in heaven. You need to make a choice. Make a choice today to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If there's anybody here that would like to say, that's me, Pastor Tom. I, I need to accept Jesus Christ in my life. If you're watching online, you can click on the chat box and say, that's me. I need prayer. But if you're here today and you want to receive Jesus Christ as your own personal Lord and Savior, would you raise your hand so I can see who you are? I'm not going to call you forward. 
just want to know who you are. Anybody at all here today? I see that hand. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus. I see those hands. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Thank you. Hallelujah. I see that hand over there. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone that's watching online, you feel free to click on that chat box. We have prayers who will pray with you. I'm going to pray a simple prayer to invite in the good shepherd. Say this after me. God in heaven, I believe that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I need you. Be my good shepherd. Come into my heart and life. From this point forward, I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you prayed that simple prayer for the very first time, something wonderful has just happened in your life. You've been born again. You've been born again. You've been born from above, and the Holy Spirit now lives in you, and you're going to start experiencing changes in your life. We have prayer leaders that will be down here at the front. We'll be more than happy to agree with you in prayer. So I want to encourage you. We have materials for you as well. So take advantage of that. Come, and as we dismiss the service, come down to the front. Receive prayer. If you have a need to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and you would like to have this personal prayer language where you can pray in other tongues, our prayer leaders will pray for you to receive that. If you need healing in your body, whatever the case might be, take a moment to come and receive prayer. We're more than happy to pray for you. Hallelujah. Did you receive something today? Julio, it's good to have you with us today. God bless you. I do want to make uh, one, one quick announcement. You know, as uh, recently we had a family meeting and disclosed uh, information. And so um, we'll want to let you know, for those of you that uh, need help and need a biblical perspective on, on how to deal with uh, things that you might be struggling with in your heart, uh, Pastor Earl Darlington. Pastor Earl, wave your hand. Good to have you with us. Pastor Earl and Do- Earl Darlington and myself, we're going to team up on Tuesday nights in September here at the church um, to answer your questions, but more so to give you biblical perspective, how to move your life from distraction to traction so that you can move forward. So Pastor Earl and I will be here and uh, it'll be a time where we can you know, this, this is not a time of answering a million questions. This is a time of ministering and dealing with heart issues. Amen. So that's available uh, Tuesday, September 6, 7 p.m. here at the church. We love you. God bless you. Take the word with you. God bless. We'll see you next Sunday.